Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Such a special day, such a significant day. We are living in the age of the absurd where we have to qualify things that they wouldn't even be talking about, not, not even 50 years ago, but 20 years ago. Questions like, what is a woman? And it's so important that the church stands like a lighthouse in this season. It, it is really important that we're not just the house of healing, but the house of wisdom. So today as I minister, uh, particularly dads, I want to honor you for the burden and the responsibility that you bear as the leaders of society and the shapers of the next generation, alongside women, of course. But you know, you've been probably called to shoulder the bigger load. That isn't always represented rightly in every family, but, but it is God's divine design and intent. And I always want to preach the, the goal, the standard. And in the midst of it, you may find you've fallen short in a few areas. That's where Jesus comes in. That's where Jesus brings the gap, where the Holy Spirit, your helper, gives you wisdom that maybe you were not born into. So today as I minister, um, I don't want you, dads, to hear anything that I'm saying through a filter of shame, but to be inspired because God is with you. And, and I think what a privilege to be positioned as the church of Jesus Christ in this season and this time that is dark, but how wonderful that we get to help people, we get to show them the way that leads to life. So, so I'm so pumped to be sharing with you today. There has been recently a lot of articles that, that have come out, ironically around Father's Day, that are asking the question, are fathers necessary? Now, again, if you had have asked the world this question 20 years ago, it would have been an unnecessary question to ask. It's, uh, it would be like asking somebody, do you need oxygen to breathe? Are uh, our fathers necessary? But we're in an age where the obvious is being denied. And so it's important for, for us as the children of God to hear straight from heaven about the importance of fathers, not just in every family, but in a community. Our community needs strong, godly, honourable men to lead them. Can somebody say amen? So the title of my message today is What Every Family Needs. And like I said, the, 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 the role of fatherhood has been under attack. And if I was the devil, that's exactly what I would do. The Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So if I was the devil, how, how can I get society to unravel and dismantle it with one touch? I know, I'll attack fatherhood. I'll attack fathers. The Atlantic just put out an article with this title. Are fathers necessary? A paternal contribution may not be as essential as we think. 
But that was taken one step further by the Huffington Post who put out an article, Fathers Are Not Needed. We're in an age and a season where it is more important than ever that we champion the importance, the value, and the necessity of fathers. And if you're a dad here today, we want to honor you. We want to esteem you. We want to put courage in you because you are needed in this time and this hour. So this morning, I want to I give you four points about the role of a father, roles that have been under attack lately and maybe bring a little bit of a different spin on them. I'm gonna give you them up front so if I miss something, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. I think they kind of preach themselves. The first one is every father is a protector. The second one, provider. The third one, priest. And the fourth one is pioneer. So I'm gonna break that down this morning and I wanna encourage you. Again, um, my friends, and especially the dads in this room today, this message is not done to in any way put a level of shame or condemnation on you, but rather to reveal who God made you to be, to put a mirror in front of you because there is a great strong man on the inside of you and the world has need of you. Are fathers necessary? Bet your bottom dollar they are and we need a harvest load of them right now. So let's just go through it. The first one, protector, protector, write that down. I remember uh, probably about 10 or even 12 years ago, my husband and I received a phone call from a frantic neighbor who was the wife of a Navy SEAL who was on deployment. And they were friends of ours and went to our church, uh, our Balboa campus, and we got a phone call from my friend Shah who could barely speak, she was in such a panic, she was so frightened. And then eventually she managed to kind of get out the word snake. And because her husband was away on deployment, she had no man to protect her from the serpent (laughs) that had snuck in when the garage door was left open. And this serpent had come through with one of its friends, mind you, but one of them had managed to, to slither its way into the foyer of their home. And they had two little chihuahua dogs, which I'm telling you in a crisis, useless. <laughs> useless. I love all dogs, but those dogs are not for protection. They're, they're literally just a thermometer of anxiety. And so that's exactly what happened. This dog, when they heard its mama scream, lost control of its bowels and pooped all over the wall, like this spray, like this Andy Warhol painting all over the wall. And so Jürgen walks into like absolute chaos. And you know, men, I find when they're positioned rightly uh, are almost greedy and envious for a problem to solve. Here, I come to save the day. Now, he ran down, not thinking about his attire. He had shorts on, a singlet top, no shoes, walks in ready to save the day. Shah's screaming, he's like, he sees the snake and it's like reared up, the whole thing, rattlesnake. So Jürgen is getting ready to take this serpent down. It's like what Adam didn't take care of, I'm taking care of today. I'm gonna right the wrong, America. So he's ready to go and Shah's like, do you, do you think you need shoes? And he's like, good idea, brilliant. Have you got any? And so she comes out with her son, who just happens to be a man giant at 13. He was like six foot five, with size 14 feet. Jürgen is like a, a lovely uh, nine and a half. 
So he puts these enormous shoes on, and then he realizes he doesn't have a weapon, but he's in the home of a Navy SEAL. So Shah finds a machete, the same machete that was used to bring down the Taliban in Afghanistan. Still had a, two, a few flickers of blood on it, and so he's wearing size 14 flip-flops, holding a blood-stained machete from the Iraq war. He looked like a cross between Rambo and Ronald McDonald. Like, big old flipper feet and a machete. But he brought the snake down. He got it like he held it down with a broom and chopped off its head. It was a beautiful moment. And every father will be called upon in one season of or another of their life to be the protector of their, their family, the natural protector. It is right. It's not good if you hear a bump in the night to, to nudge your wife and tell her to go check the perimeter. And, and I think that most men, of course, that goes without saying. But can I put it to you today that your protection dad should not just be limited to the natural? Not only are you called to protect your family from enemies foreign and domestic, you are called to protect your family from unseen enemies. Right now, our nation's embroiled in a bit of a gun debate, but I would say the greatest issue surrounding the security of your children is not a school shooting. It's the spirit of this age. And we're seeing it play out across America, and I'm telling you, it has wrought a harvest of destruction. What we need right now is fathers who will not just protect their family in the natural, but protect the culture of their home from unseen enemies. When we look at what the absence of fathers has done to this generation of young people, it is shocking and it is devastating. Every man, every male child needs a daddy to show them how they are to, to become a man. The best woman in this room cannot teach her son how to be a man. She can, do, she can do a pretty good job, and I don't want to disparage the single mums here. And I also want to add to this, that if you're feeling today, well, I don't have a daddy in my home, that gap can be filled by others. It can be filled by others, by grandfathers, by uncles, by godly school teachers, by pastors, by leaders, by big brothers. It doesn't have to be a biological dad. But every single male child needs a daddy figure to teach them how to become a man. Just like every young girl needs a daddy to teach her what a real man looks like. So she doesn't wander into her teenage years hooking up with every loser this side of uh, the state line because she was never modeled what healthy male love looked like. And we see the statistics and they speak for themselves that, that young boys who have never had a healthy role model aren't able to curb things. Their, their natural, primal, basic instincts of sex and violence are not learned to be tempered and brought under control. So we're called or you're called dads, not to just protect your children in the natural, but also from enemies unseen. And that means that you may have to reconcile and reckon with some things in yourself so you're able to be the role model that your children need to go out of the home and live life in a way that blesses themselves and blesses other people. I wanna ask you, do you protect the culture of your home? 
Are you aware of the material that's being brought into your home, even down to the TV shows that you watch, the movies you allow to be played, the friends you allow in your household. I love the story of King Asa in the book of Second Chronicles. We can go ahead and throw that scripture up there, Second Chronicles 15, 16. I love King Asa for this reason. He was a really, really good dad. He came into power in a really dark and evil time. And there was a lot of perversion, a lot of sexual perversion. And when we look at what the pornography soaked culture and pandemic has done to this nation, we've got to make a decision. We're going to do things differently. Like we're going to, we're going to be engaged in the good fights in order to leave a different inheritance for our children, a, a pornography culture, a spirit of perversion that has trained both men and women to look at each other differently, not as God has intended. But I love King Asa because when he came into power in a time of deep perversion and darkness, the Bible says that he removed Makar, which was his own mother. He kicked his own mother out of the kingdom from the position of queen mother because she had made a repulsive image for the goddess of Asherah. When it comes to protecting your children's innocence, man, you're, you're allowed to be ruthless. And we've had, if I can be so, so bold today, yeah, we've got to be ruthless. I want you to, because there's a big cry coming out of the church for mercy, mercy, we've got to be empathetic, and yes, God is merciful, we need to be merciful. But you should never be merciful for somebody else at the expense of your children. Your children should always have the greatest portion and share of your mercy. King Asa showed no mercy to his mother who was peddling a perverse spirit and perverse ideology because he had mercy on his children and the people that he was called to lead. So is it time to maybe take a bit of a moment of self-reflection as we think about what that protector role means for the dad in going through the home and, and pulling out and getting rid of and not sparing and having mercy for anything that could any way damage your children as they grow. I, you know, I used to feel so hard done by when I was a kid. My dad was just like King Asa. There was never any explicit material ever in our home. I never accidentally bumped into to dad's porn collection. You know why? Because he never had one. We, if, I mean, if we dared come home with a movie from Blockbuster that was not like PG-13 or, or under, it was like stricken from the house. In fact, I told this story at the first service, the first time we dared try, we knew, we knew the rules, but we thought we'll bend them because dad's out. And so we went to the video store and uh, we pulled out, uh, we, we're like, oh, Coming to America. We heard that's an amazing movie with, with Eddie Murphy. So we, get, we go to Blockbuster, we, we rent Coming to America, my sister Janine and I, and we go home and we think we're going to watch it in secret because mum and dad are out. And we put it in and it's about quarter of the way through, but then unexpectedly, dad came home. We just heard the back door open. And as the back door is opening, Eddie Murphy went into a monologue of F-bombs. F-you, no F-you, no F-you. And my dad, just walking in oblivious, all of a sudden is assaulted by the F-word coming from the television. 
as his 12-year-old and 15-year-old daughters are sitting there glued to it, and it's like, with every F-bomb, it was like he was shot, like, oh, oh. If you know, if you know, oh, 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 oh. And he's walking across the, the pathway from the back door to his study, and then he just swings around on his heel. What are you girls watching? Get that filth out of this house right now. He was a dad who knew how to protect, not just in the natural, but from enemies unseen. And you may say, oh, Leanne, you're such a prude. Get with it. There are things that your children, once they see them, they can't unsee. And there are things that they cannot unhear. And I thank God that I grew up in a household where my dad spared me from things that many of my friends and the people that I pastored over the years have taken years to have to unravel from their thinking. You're not being a liberated parent by saying, oh, just try everything, have a little go at it all, look at it all, and then just decide how you wanna live. God has given your children parents for a reason. Do you know why? Because they need them. Otherwise, when you have a baby, we just drop them off in an apartment with a set of keys and say all the best. But he put together this thing called the family unit and it's God's design and it's the best design. No wonder Satan wants to dismantle it. But we have to be wiser, we have to be smarter and we have to preach the truth. You are called man to be your children's first line of defense against a dark world, not just the snakes in the natural, but the snakes in the supernatural that wanna defile your kids and their children after them for generations to come. This is the word of the Lord. You're a protector. I remember my friends at at high school talking about things that I, I mean, adult themed things that I, I had no, I didn't even know what they were talking about. I was so protected. And they said to me, oh, Leanne, you're just so sheltered. You're just so sheltered, trying to put shame on me. And at that age, I felt a little bit ashamed. Yeah, my family, bunch of nerds. (laughs) Dad, how many times do I have to watch Karate Kid? There's not many PG-13 movies out there. But I thank God that my dad was a protector and a shelter So when the storms of life came, when the storm of the spirit of this age came to defile, I was protected by a good dad, like King Asa, who was merciful for the right things. Have mercy for your children, not mercy for the spirits that are trying to defile them. Amen, Leanne. That was a good start. All right. All right, you say amen. You're looking shocked out there. Good. Okay. The second P word that I want to share with you today that really defines the kind of fathers that our world is in need of is provider, provider. 1 Timothy 5, 7 to 8 says this. Give these instructions to the believers. Put your hand up if you're a believer. All right, wonderful. So that they will be above reproach. If anyone does not provide for his own especially his own household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I'm telling you. Donald Trump ain't got nothing on the Bible. You think he's offensive? The Bible tells it like it is. 
Right here, Paul is instructing Timothy, who was a pastor of one of the biggest churches in the ancient day, you need to tell those men of God that they have an obligation and an expectation to provide for their families. Do you know one of the greatest things or the greatest thing that you can provide for your children, dads? Security. We're living in a world that has a love affair with love, but it's not the right version of love. It's love that is passive and love that just thinks affection and words of affirmation is enough. Our children need a secure home in order to grow up. Uh, They need to be provided with a secure home in order to grow up securely. You know, I I didn't come from a wealthy home. My my mum didn't work. My father uh, worked for the city council as a landscape gardener at the Botanic Gardens, and he he never really earned a whole lot of money. We we weren't, when I say security, I'm not talking about spoiling. Your 13-year-old doesn't need a Gucci handbag. Your kids don't need the latest sneakers. Shopping at Target and Marshalls is actually really good for your children. Because in a world that is so accustomed to getting what they want and that spirit of entitlement is strangling kids, it's really good for you to tell your kids no. It's, it's good, it's good. I remember having a conversation with Daryl Strawberry once, a famous, oh, you all know who he is, right? Yeah, famous baseball player. And he said, the reason I got, my life went into the train wreck it went into was because I was surrounded by people who would never tell me no. It's important that we don't raise our children in a home where fathers become uncle dad. Uncles are great for love. And they turn up and they, especially the single ones, (laughs) pockets full of change and notes, yeah, son. But, But dads, yes, by all means, love, your children, hug them, kiss them, tell them you're so glad they were born, but give them a secure environment so they're raised securely. Create an environment of security. That means providing. I, I grew up in a home where, again, I said my family didn't have a ton of money, but but I had everything I needed. A beautiful home that I lived in, a warm bed, meals on the table. We never went out for dinner. Going out for dinner was like, what? What's that? You know, my parents weren't frivolous. We got to go to McDonald's every, on our birthdays, I was thankful to have four sisters because it meant I got to go five times a year. But, but, but that, was our, that was our treat. And so I grew up with this beautifully secure home where my dad budgeted our money well and he stewarded our finances rightly, so I never had to worry that I was going to be doing my homework and the lights would be turning off because the bill wasn't paid. We never had to worry about rushing out of a home because we couldn't pay the rent. Like, those things didn't happen. My dad didn't have a lot of money, but what he did have, he worked well and righteously so he could create an environment of security for our children to be raised in. (laughs) Provider security. And I, I know this can sound hard, and, and, and please understand, I'm not trying to be mean today, but the world is so desperate for truth. We're, we're, so, we're so 
truth-starved, that the truth sounds offensive. And I want to help people. If I get up here and just massage things, and it won't change you. But let the Word of the Lord find you today. There's, there's wisdom for you in God's house. Amen. I remember my husband working two jobs in order to uh, get a home for our family. When we got married, my husband earned $20,000 a year and I had babies within the first uh, year and a half of our married life. And so there wasn't a lot of money to go around and my husband wanted me to stay home and raise the kids. And so he went out and he got two jobs. He worked as a youth pastor by day and he did some contracting work at night, helped people build homes just to bring in extra money so we could build a home of our own in order to build a life of security for our children. Security in childhood is equally as important as affection and words of encouragement. I know a lot of children that are told they're loved but they live in desperately insecure situations. They come home to financial insecurity, to marital insecurity. I always knew that my dad loved my mom, even though they would argue sometimes a lot. I knew that divorce was never on the table because not only did I get to see them argue every now and then, I got to see them make up. I got to see them reconcile again. It's not that they never fought, trust me. My mom knows how to fight. That's where I get my fight from. But they always reconciled. There was always, I always knew my dad loved my mom. You want to build healthy, well-adjusted children that are a blessing to society? Love their mother. And if you're not married to her, honor her. Don't you be disparaging her. Don't you throw her under the bus and call her a psycho and every name under the sun. Even if she does the same to you, you speak peaceably. Be a provider. (laughs) Provide security for your children. Don't leave the discipline to mum. Don't be uncle dad, turning up with a gift and, and then avoiding because I want to be the fun dad. No, step into your assignment, men, and help your children, help your wife parent your children rightly. Give them boundaries, give them expectations, give them rewards. Create an environment where your children will flourish. Give them a secure home. There's a reason that Peter said in 1 Peter chapter number three, husbands, love your wives and dwell with them with understanding. Another way that you can be a provider in your home is by providing that element of security, but understanding that you are gonna have to, in many occasions, be the voice of reason and wisdom in your home. As much as we like to say, I am woman, hear me roar, the reality is, divinely woven into the makeup of a woman is a propensity toward anxiety and fear and emotion. And we can cast that demon out all day long, but I tell you what, it's coming back with seven friends. I've been around for 47 years. I've been pastoring for, gosh, 30 of those. Let me tell you, we can get women to curb their bents, just like we can get men to curb their bents, sex and violence, and make them stable and rational and good role models. We have to do the same with women, but they are, I'm telling you, they're gonna go that way every now and then. So understand that there is no position vacant in your home for another emotional parent. 
The women have got that filled. <laughs> I like to put it this way, just, just so every man you understand. Every woman is at least 10% psycho. Every woman. No matter who she is, she's going to have her moments because that's how she's wired. Your household is not allowed to have two emotional, erratic, anxiety-driven people. Come on. We need you, men. We need you. That's a hard life. She's going to have irrational fears and anxieties that need to be curbed by your leadership so your children don't follow that path of least resistance. So you've got, to, you've got to be encouraging, you've got to be patient with her and gracious and understanding, but never pander to that. Because of the attack on fatherhood, we've seen a whole lot of passive fathers who have allowed their children to be raised in this anxious, fearful manner because they haven't led their families and they haven't led their wives. So instead of leading your family to, you know, we understand men and women are different. We're not going to be reckless by any means, but we're going to raise fearless children who know how to walk in faith and wisdom. Can somebody say amen? And I want to tell you today, that's going to come mostly from the dads. Understand, fathers, you are going to have to be the emotionally stable one. Your family or marriage doesn't have room for two drama queens. <laughs> Security, a secure environment. The fruit of our overfascination with misrepresented what love is has borne terrible fruit. We've got to do love the God way. And building a secure home for your children, dads, is the greatest act of love you can show your children. Amen. Amen, Leanne. Amen. Thirdly, you're called to be a priest, a priest to your family. What you see happening, dads, in church on Sunday, when Pastor Mike gets up here and he leads and he encourages and exhorts and brings faith and brings challenge and correction and leads you and teaches you how to pray and we take communion together, that is literally like a microcosm of what you're called to be in your family. So, so we all have a priest, but men, you're all called to be a priest in your family. And because of the attack on, on manhood, on masculinity, there's been almost like an inversion where a lot of women have become the spiritual leaders in their home. And li listen, women are ready to step up like, um, what's that, Betty? What's her name again? With the, with the, yeah, Rosie, Rosie Riveter. Rosie the Riveter, sorry, she wasn't Betty. Rosie the Riveter, right? Listen, we'll get the job done but let's talk about what the perfect role model is. The perfect role model that in every home there is a father, there is a strong man who knows the mandate from heaven that has put, been put on his life by God to be the priest in his home. Everything would shift if the fathers in this nation stood up in their godly mandate, assignment, and authority to be the priests in their home. 
And we come, we come here on a Sunday to be inspired, to, to, to be challenged, to be corrected at times, but also to receive the model from Pastor Mike of what you're called to be in your household. So we take communion here in church together, yes, but are you taking communion in your home with your family, men? Because what happens at this pulpit should be reproduced around the tables of the families in America with the fathers leading the charge. I remember when, um, many, many years ago when our children were young, uh, Pastor Yogan was traveling a little bit for ministry. And without a doubt, every time he'd go away to minister, something would happen to one of the kids. It's like the devil would just sneak in. And I just spent too many nights in the ER with children who were having asthma attacks and crazy rashes that came out of nowhere and stomach bugs and all this crazy stuff. And I remember one evening being on the phone to Jürgen crying, scrubbing vomit out of the carpet, going, I can't do this anymore. Every time you leave, it feels like all of hell is loosed upon our household. And he said something to me, which is an error, and I'll get get to it. But he said, you know, babe, this is just the price of, you know, warfaring for the kingdom. Like, of course, the devil's going to come in and attack because we're getting lives saved and souls saved and people on fire for God and we're ministering and it's just the price we have to pay. And I remember, I mean, that was not a satisfying answer (laughs) at all. But you know what? He was my spiritual leader. So I thought, oh, well, it kind of sucks. And but, oh, I guess so. But then after he hung up the phone, God spoke to him so profoundly and so clearly. And he said, Jürgen, what are you doing? Your ignorance is destroying your family's peace. And the Bible says, actually in the book of Hosea, my people perish or are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, because of what they don't know. And he said to my husband, the Lord said to him so clearly, I have called you to be the priest in your home. And these things are happening in your home because you're not contesting it, you're allowing it. You're accepting it because you think that that's kind of like the price tag for ministry. I've given you authority to stand as the priest in your home and bind every ill demonic spirit that is trying to rob the peace and the health from your family. So, so he came home and it was, it was actually like such a profound, game-changing shift in our family when he came home and he, not only did he apologize to me profusely for laying down the mantle that he was meant to carry in that area, he said to, you, said to me, Leanne, we're going to pray together every night while I'm away and we're going to take communion every Every time before I leave on a trip, we're going to take communion together. And I, I, as sure as I'm standing here, this is no word of a lie. Since that time, since we did that, all of a sudden, the plague of sickness every time my, tra- my husband would travel stopped in its tracks and was over. It was miraculous, miraculous. Men, there is an authority in your prayers. God has divinely anointed you and assigned you to be the priest in your home. So I want to put a challenge out to you today. Maybe you're one that doesn't turn up to the Emerge Men's prayer meetings on a Tuesday. Let's shift that. Let's shift that. Let's let's change the dynamic. 
that the greatest numbers in prayer meetings isn't at the women's prayer because women love to pray, but the men are leading the charge as the spiritual leaders and priests of their homes standing in their God-given authority and laying down a staff like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. You shall not pass. There is power in a father's prayer. Men, it is time to stand up in your authority and your assignment and tell the devil who is boss. You can't have my kids. I remember Pastor Jürgen and I again, look, everything's a journey. That's why there's no condemnation today. We are all learning. When we battled in our life with our son who was in addiction, I remember talking to Mike Connell, who was our pastor, and he looked at my husband and he said, Jürgen, you are to take authority as the spiritual leader over your home. As Jordan's father, as the, as the spiritual head of your home, you take authority and you bind that spirit and you tell it, it cannot take any more of your son's peace. I, I, it, was a, it was a game changer. We're not, we're not coming to God anymore begging, if the stars align, will you help us? No, he stood in authority and he said to that devil, you will not have my son. You will not have my son. I'm standing in the gap for him. I'm making atonement for him. Not only am I his father, I am the priest of this household. Devil, you must pass over. You cannot land here. You cannot have my children's peace. You cannot have the atmosphere of this home. So maybe today you're, you're a dad here and something's going on with one of your kids. You don't need to search the heavens. Go home and take authority. Pray in the Spirit. Walk around your house, bind every devil, and then take communion alongside with your wife. Hold hands. The Bible says that wherever... Uh, out of the mouths of two or three, every word is established. And amen together, the peace of your home, the health of your children. Prophesy Isaiah, the book of Isaiah says, all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. Even if you say that every day, dads, you get up before the sun rises or at least before everybody else does and you just walk around your home and you pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. All my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. God made a covenant with Father Abraham. God made a covenant with him. Blessing, I will bless you. I will give you the gates of your enemies. We come under that Abrahamic blessing and covenant. Men, that's your assignment. You can possess the gates of your enemies. You don't have to. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Lies! The future is ours to prophesy and declare. God said, I have put my words in your mouth. Man, what are you accepting that you should be annihilating as the priest in your home? Stand up in your authority and take charge. Amen. And I understand, I understand life is hard. My gosh, my gosh, I'm so glad I was born a woman. But I want, I want you to understand today that you are not alone. On the inside of you, God never requires something of us that He has not resourced us to do. There is just the most amazing man on the inside of you. 
maybe life and circumstances and the weight of the world and discouragement and depression and disappointment have tried to wear you down, but be lifted up today. There is a, a warrior father on the inside of you. Even, even Elijah, the boss Elijah, the prophet that we hear about in 1 Kings. First time we see him, chapter 17 of Kings, he walks in and he just says, there's gonna be no more rain except at my word drops the mic and then walks out. He was a boss. He had his priestly anointing down, but within two chapters, the spirit of the world had so discouraged him. He was sitting under a tree, asking God to kill him, saying, I am no better than my father's. And guys, I, I, I know there are many of you in this room that have, would have felt that way. But what I love about God, God is gracious with him. He's patient with him. He feeds him. He gets bread from heaven and he's revived and sustained. But even then he's lamenting about the weight of the world. I alone have been zealous for your kingdom, but this darkness is too big for me. But God speaks to him and stands him up and says, you've still got some work to do. There is an assignment on your life. I haven't left you and your assignment hasn't left you. Go anoint Haziel king. Go anoint Jehu. Go do all these things. There's an assignment on your life to be a priest. There are things yet to be fulfilled. There is strength on the inside of you. As much as the world has said, fathers are unnecessary. What a lie, what a fraudulent, lie, deceptive lie sent from the bowels of hell. We stand before you today and say, fathers, we are in need of you. And you are not alone. You might say today, I have to carry my wife. I have to carry my kids. Who's, who's going to carry me? He's going to carry you. God carries you. He carries you. He will carry you. He will carry you. God's strength is here for you today. God will carry you. You can become, and this is my final point, pioneer, you can become what you never had. And I know I'm in a room of, of a lot of men who didn't have good father figures or role models. But through Jesus, you can become what you never had. That's the story of my husband, raised in an insecure home, a violent father who would beat his mother, alcoholism, never ever in his life told by his dad as a little boy that he was proud of him or that he loved him. So much missing. And yet when he came to Jesus, he came to the ultimate source of redemption and revitalization. And he's been able to be everything to our sons and daughter that he never had in his own life. Only Jesus and he's here for you today. I'd love it if every dad would stand. This wasn't a word sent to condemn or shame today, but to put a mirror in front of you. This is who you are. The world has tried to tarnish the image of men, make them less than, try to get them to be passive, to be ashamed of their masculinity. Do you know what the world needs right now? Terrific masculinity. Terrific, godly masculinity. We are in need of it. Just lift your hands, man. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just wash away every, every lie that has been able to find a landing place on you.
that you're inadequate, that you're less than, that you're never gonna shape up, that you're hopeless, that you're useless. In Jesus' Name, I take authority over those lies. And Father, we speak the words of heaven over them today. God's sons, God's sons, and we have need of them. Father, for those in need of Your strength today, strengthen them. Father, for those in need of a picture today of what can be, what You've called them to be, show them today. Father, for those in need of encouragement, give them courage today. Courage, 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 Lord. And Father, more than anything, give them a revelation of Your deep love and Your presence. And lo, I will be with You even to the end of the age. You are not alone, men. And in this next season, as God rewrites the story of planet Earth, and I believe we are in the time of Malachi, we are restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And things can often look worse before they get better, but we're going to see the distinction. The Earth has never been so intensely groaning for a manifestation of the sons of God. For will the real fathers stand up? Father, I thank You for this room that before me stands men who are protectors, not just of seen enemies, but unseen, who are providers, not just of love, affection and nurture, but security. They will build secure homes for those who need to be encouraged to rise in their strength. Give them courage today. For priests, You have anointed them to be the godly leaders of their households and pioneers. They will be what they never had. Father, we let go of the pain of yesterday and we walk forward into a bright, strong, secure future with You. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone. We love You so much. Men, we honour You. Wives, children, bless your dads. Bless your dads. Even the ones that haven't been good dads, let me tell you, there's a reason the Bible doesn't say children love your mom and dad. It says honour them because sometimes you may not be able to love them, but you're always to honour them. Honour them for the position that they hold, okay? So whatever it takes, some of you, it'll be a phone call of reconciliation. Do what needs to be done because out of honour flows great things. God bless you, dads. We just love you. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.